0: Joining us now to talk about clubroot is Autumn Barnes with the Canola Council of Canada.
1: We have around, you know, 20 million acres, give or take, of canola in Canada every year. Um, in 2020, which is what we have the crop insurance numbers for right now, I haven't been able to compile for 21 yet. But for 2020, we had about 40% of the varieties grown across the prairies um, carrying a Club Root resistant, resistance trait. Um, in Alberta, obviously, that percentage is a little higher. It just sort of, you know, spreads out throughout the province. And so what we'd like to see is every acre of canola having a club root resistance trait. Um, and we want to see that because we want to help keep club root spores low. Um, that'll help minimize the impact that club root has on, on our farms across the prairies.
0: And talk a little bit about club root, uh, the disease, um, different areas of the prairies, what's been happening there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, in 2003, clubroot was first found in canola in the Edmonton area and it's been spreading uh, kind of from that area ever since. Um, every year there's, there's new cases in areas where we think we might never, or some, some growers might think they might never have it. Um, we, we do find it. So in 2020, there were actually some fields around Swiss current in Saskatchewan, which is a pretty dry area, you know, known for longer crop rotations, not a lot of canola, um, in that area. Um, and so it's a good reminder that that really can affect any acre. And it is hard to find, you know, if you're not actually going out and scouting and pulling plants and looking at the roots, you know, speaking to high, if you're in an area where there's not a lot of root historically, you can be pulling plants from higher traffic areas like field entrances or maybe areas where there's been recent um, pipeline or exploration activity. And then also around wet areas is where you'd want to be pulling plants and looking for the roots.
0: Just wanted to talk about some practices. Um, I guess, first off, to keep spores low, um, can you run through some of those?
1: You bet, yeah. So I guess first line of defense would be crop rotation. So we know that about 90% of club root spores will break down um, over with a two-year break. So that's a one-in-three crop rotation. So you want to have a minimum crop rotation of one-in-three for canola. Um, you want to be scouting every single year in every canola field, focusing on those high-traffic or high-moisture areas. Um, Really important and kind of what this this real push around clubroot knowledge right now is about is about growing and stewarding clubroot resistance. So every single acre of canola should have clubroot resistance, um, and that's because it's really hard to find these early infestations of clubroot. And so we want to make sure that you know when the spores arrive that we're not multiplying them really really fast. So if you have clubroot spores arrive in a field and you're growing a uh, clubroot susceptible variety. Those spores basically turn a canola plant roots into little factories and they just multiply themselves cr- really fast. So growing club resistance on every acre is going to help us maintain low spore concentrations and, and really minimize the impact of that disease. And then finally, something that doesn't always get um, you know, a lot of attention, but um, you want to control brassica weeds in all crops. So um, any any host weeds, so volunteer canola, think weeds like swede, shepherd's, shepherd's purse, mustards, like any of the brassica family, um, can all multiply club root spores, and so what we want to do is um, make sure in any in any year that we control those weeds nice and early and then another thing we can do to keep spores low, which uh, one of the info the infographics kind of talk about is patch management, which is basically you know isolating the patch of club root in your field and managing it separately from the rest of the field um, to try and reduce the spores in that in that area and then also prevent them from spreading around from uh, to other parts of the field or to other fields,
0: and a couple of um, strategies for keeping spores local uh, mentioned here, uh, one of those uh, a biosecurity plan and um, reducing tillage. Um, can you comment on uh, those two items?
1: yeah, so biosecurity um, I mean sanitation, basically trying to minimize soil movement. We know that club root spores move with soil any way that soil moves um, spores move, and so um, it would be really you know beneficial for every farm every agribusiness to have a clubroot uh, biosecurity plan. So trying to limit, uh, you know, if you're a farm, limit the risk of foreign soil coming to your farm. And then if you're a business, limit the number of, or limit the risk of you bringing clubroot on your equipment to somebody else's field. So that's, that's what biosecurity is all about. You know, the livestock producers are pretty familiar with it, but we don't always think about it in terms of crop farming. And then the reduced tillage really is about reducing soil erosion. I mean, 2021 was quite dry. I would hope there's not a lot of tillage going on right now, although I am aware it it does happen and and it is happening in some areas. Um, But we know that tillage causes erosion and, and erosion is soil moving, whether it's with water or wind. And remember, anywhere that soil moves, those spores are going to be moving too. So, you know, extra beneficial in dry years to be thinking about reducing tillage but you know in any year you know from a clubber perspective reducing tillage reducing soil erosion is really important
0: that was autumn barnes an agronomy specialist with the canola council of canada (music) fall district meetings get underway this week for manitoba beef producers here's vice president melissa atchison
2: district meetings this year will run from October 19th to November 9th. We're going to be holding two virtual meetings for producers and their families who are located in our odd-numbered districts. Those meetings begin at 7pm. And there are seven in-person meetings for folks who live in our even-numbered districts where elections are required. And those meetings will begin at 1pm.
0: What are some of the issues that will be uh, touched on during the meetings?
2: Certainly, we always talk about um, you know our financials for, for producers. We want to be transparent with that. Uh, The district meetings are just a great opportunity for producers to visit, talk to their director and our staff, and see what MVP has been up to. Uh, They set the future path for our organization by proposing resolutions that will be taken to the AGM in February. Uh, This year, we worked very hard on, certainly, drought was first and foremost uh, on our file, as well as Crown Lands. Um, That's another big file we work on as well.
0: Is there any uh, elections this year? Certainly, yes. The even-numbered districts
2: will be holding elections this year. So those are where the live meetings will be held. If you don't know which district you're in, again, give the MVP office a call and they can help you out.
0: We have got some rain here this week. Um, what is the situation like right now?
2: The, the rain over the last couple of days has been welcome. Uh, we had a nice warm fall and a long fall so far, which was nice, but it was quite hot. So any of the pasture regrowth we've had from those rains in August was starting to get pretty dry again. Um, hoping this rain will is going to, you know, recharge some of the dugouts and give some of those pastures a much-needed boost in moisture.
0: And how's the, the feed situation heading into winter?
2: With the long fall that we had, that was very welcome, and people were able to graze regrowth on pastures and uh, certainly some regrowth on some annual cropland as well, which was very welcome. Um, right now, people are, you know, still procuring their winter feed supplies, so how that goes and i guess it depends on how uh rough
0: of a winter we're going to have that was manitoba beef producers vice president melissa atchison that's it for the prairie egg wire for today if you have any questions or opinions to share send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca i'm Corey canute thanks for listening and have a great afternoon the prairie egg wire will return next week on the golden west farm network